Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spleichel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spleichel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel. We're happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss today's topic, which is growing your Amazon brand, how to do it right. Today's guest is an Amazon growth expert and author of the book, Aggregator Navigator. This guest grew and built and sold his Amazon brand for $10 million in less than six years with zero investors and is here today to share how you can do it too. A big welcome to Josh Dietrich. Hi, Josh. Andy. Hey, how are you? Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. We're excited to have, have you as a guest and hear your story. So what were a couple of the factors that led you to being able to grow a brand, such a large sum, $10 million in such a relatively short period of time, six years? Yeah. You know, I think that's a fair question. If, if you have uh, zero experience, it would be hard probably to do that. Uh, fortunately for me, I came from more of like a corporate background, not only Best Buy, you know, Fortune 50, but then into a business that grew to over 100 employees in e-commerce, you know, north of 50 million in sales. And we were one of the first groups to start doing private labeling in, in our niche. And so it was much easier and much faster, you know, to get there. But I think <laughs> that kind of alludes to the, the fact that it was the right time. That was really the main one. It's like, okay, well, we figured out that there's a large market on Amazon and it's being underserved. Um, let's go after this thing. So we built a brand called Essential Values. And the model is really, how can we create a product that's better quality, uh, less expensive than the competition? You know, And we were targeting brands that were more national. So I'd say the right time and then picking the right products that have good margins. And this isn't just like margin percentage. We're talking about um, contribution margin return on investment. So buying something for a dollar and then having your margins being at least two or three times your cost. Mm -hmm. And that generates real cash flow that you can invest and not have to worry about uh, struggling. And that's how we're able to do it without, you know, getting investors, getting the banks involved. Uh, and then a couple other just really simple tactics. We obviously a combination of FBA and FBM. There's a mm -hmm. lot of things we have. A, we have a warehouse, uh, 27,000 square feet in, in Minneapolis, and a, and a team. And because we had a warehouse and especially through COVID years, you know, we had a great backup plan allowing for product to be fulfilled from our warehouse. So as stock ran out, you know, we, we never had any issues with all our competitors. It didn't have FBM in place. So they were struggling. Um, we leveraged with that FBM seller fulfilled prime. And so that allowed us to really test products uh, without having to send them in an FBA, especially when you're doing multi-packs, you have to bundle them and kit them and assemble them. So we were able to test really fast, get traction on multi-packs and then, you know, quickly on the next order, bring in finished goods of a, you know, a two-pack or a three-pack bundle that would drive 
significantly higher AOVs. So, and then the last couple of things are just really about being multi-channel and international. And because of our expertise is more around e-commerce in general, as opposed to just Amazon. And obviously it's a strong piece. It's, it's all of these factors and putting your product where the customer is shopping, including retail. So that's, you know, I think it's never one thing, right, Andy? It's never a silver bullet. It's, it's a combination of these things and that are tried and true and, and, and been done. So what vertical were you selling in? Uh, like a category category um, category yeah. would be more like home and kitchen, you know, and, and the cool thing about essential values brand is that it opened it to open us up to really sell in any category, um, home and kitchen, sporting goods, home improvement, beauty or healthy and beauty. Um, I mean, there's 150, you know, unique products across multiple categories. So the brand really stood for that model. You know, we can go into any category and, and, simply undercut, you know, a large brand. And were you selling on your own website or was it exclusively Amazon? You know, by default, we were kind of in the midst of, Hey, if you want to have brand registry 2.0, you really need to have a website, you know, or, or maybe it was the original, I forget which order of operations it was, but we only built the site simply for the fact of a brand registry. And once we had the site up, we're like, well, I mean, is there an easy way to add products? Is, is there an opportunity to drive traffic to the site and, and maybe rank in organic or drive traffic? And, and we did, but our average selling price on our products is like 15 bucks, which makes it really hard to drive you know, traffic on your own site via Google or even, even social ads, right? And what was the strategy on that? We had a guest um, recently that talked about they were sending all their traffic to Amazon just because of the mm-hmm. factor, you know, how Amazon works and they like the outside traffic and they reward your, your pay 100%. efforts on Amazon. Um, were you doing that because of that as well? Or were you sending some of that to, to your own website? Yeah, to be honest, that was, that's fairly new uh, within a year. And, and so when we built that brand, we didn't really have any benefits to drive traffic to Amazon uh, besides maybe higher conversion rates. So for us, we were, we were just kind of, all right, we'll turn the ads on. We'll, we'll maximize sort of the ROI. And, uh, but if later on, and we're doing this with other brands now is absolutely we're adding ad, uh, add to cart buttons, you know, um, by we're doing both by, um, with prime on our website now, but also looking at ways to rather trade that traffic and send it to Amazon because they're supporting, you know, with an attribution link, a 10% credit because you're sending their own traffic. So absolutely. That makes a ton of sense. Absolutely. Amazon loves outside traffic. Uh, I think it's, it really depends on, on the model. It doesn't make sense to pay money to drive traffic to your site and then to redirect them to Amazon. That's just not a good experience. Right. But if you already have traffic coming to your site, organically or from whatever channels you have going, that makes a lot of sense to send that traffic to Amazon when they're going to pay you 10% on that, uh, on deals that close, especially at a higher conversion rate. So it really is much more efficient. So that's really the fine line choosing, you know, ultimately how do you maximize ROI, but B where, what kind of brand are you really trying to build? And there's, there's some stigmas like, you know, long ago, it wasn't even that long ago, to be honest, uh, brands that were just Amazon only weren't that interesting. Mm-hmm. And then we had the last year or two with aggregators really driving this whole market saying, Hey, 
Amazon brands are very valuable and, you know, our multiple end up being almost seven uh, X times profit six to seven X because, because of the competition and interest we had in when we were selling our brand. And now that's again, kind of softening a little bit. So why did you sell? Ah, you know, I look back now and the brand is still killing it. Like uh, it did 1.5 million last month and we still manage the brand for uh, the company that bought it from us. We, we do 3PL work for them. We do some planning and inventory work for them. So it's, you know, it's like, okay, we're still touching it, but why did we sell? Doesn't, well, that, doesn't that make it even harder? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially when you see the numbers growing, right? But here's the, here's the reality, Andy. Like if we were to go back in each year and yes, income went up every year, sales went up every year, profit went up every year. But as a seller making, you know, net income on a business that's highly, highly cash intensive for inventory, you really never pay yourself the amount that you pay taxes on. And so, you know, if you make a million dollars a year uh, in EBITDA or SDE, whatever you want to describe it, you're not going to realize that full million dollars in your bank account. Like, like you were an executive at United Healthcare who, who gets, you know, checks, W2 checks written to them, you know, massive salaries. But as a self-employed person, you take a pretty small salary, you know, if you're an S corp and then you pay yourself based on the cash flow. And so for us, it was like, all right, there's some other things we want to do. We've had some success. The timing's right. It's time to maximize this, this deal and let's sell it. Cause I don't think we're going to see multiply uh, multiples this high, you know, in the coming years. And, and it's been true. It's a year later, the economy's soft. Uh, it's softer. The aggregators are struggling. There's been a lot of um, many of those that have just, you know, shut the doors or uh, sold out or, you know, or winding down. So I feel like it was the right time. And when you, when someone looks at you with a you know chunk of cash and then you see that actually show up in your bank account, it's pretty surreal. So that's, that was a lot of the reason. And it's allowed us to do a lot of the things I've done now, which is becoming more of a, a passive investor, but also um, you know, creating different investment vehicles that A, will become assets to sell or B, um, you know, income producing uh, assets that really just continue to drive cash. So it's been fun. <laughs> it's been fun. But why do you sell? You know, and now we're back in the same thing. We launched another brand right away and it's much harder. So still a mixed bag. I tell you, I would do it all over again. I do the exact same thing though. We walked away with, with a good deal. Now, I also read in your bio where you had bought another e-commerce business for $750,000 and you sold it for $2.5 million in less than two years. Was that what you did after you sold the original business? And no, actually. No, sorry. Two-part question. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, it was not what we did. It was actually sort of in parallel. We started this brand of ours, Essential Values, in 2016-ish. Um, 2015, 2016, and then sold it in 21. In 2019 is when we bought uh, this other business. It was a business that came to us through the relationship of our accountant. Um, it was, you know, an employee and in a business that they had affiliation with that was struggling. It was e-commerce. They used a 3PL, and so they were getting gouged there. They used a marketing agency and were getting gouged there. And it didn't really seem like there was a clear strategy. And their Amazon sales were, were done via vendor. Their listings were terrible. And so, yeah, I mean, a lot of the same principles apply. And, and this is really like what you would call a fix fixer-up model. Uh, you know, the, the goal is to buy it as 
as good of a deal as you can and, and drive value. And fortunately it was really great timing because again, COVID hit and when you're selling training products at home and the whole world is at home because of COVID <laughs> and you're a hockey player and your parents are saying, Hey, it's time to get better. It was really easy to sell hockey training products at that season. So we built that, grew that, created some pretty unique um, methods. And most of our sales, Andy, on that business were actually uh, on our own Shopify site. So that was a little different model, but still probably 30 some percent on Amazon. And then maybe 15% B2B would be like retail stores, hundreds of stores throughout North America, would be US and Canada. Wow. So you've done, done both ways, both Amazon and then on Shopify as well. Yeah. Yeah. And in the original business that I kind of grew up uh, seven years building, um, we sold water filters and the original game back then was, you know, lots of products and SEO. Um, and very quickly as I joined that company, I realized there's a lot of ways to sell products where your customers are shopping. And that includes the stores. Um, so absolutely, whether it's the stores, Shopify, uh, D2C, you know, Magento, like experience and all of that. But I think my favorite is just Amazon simply for the fact of, you know, less, less tools and, and, and requirements, you know, to, to build and have a successful site. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Amazon. I have been working quite a bit on ways to increase your conversion um, on Amazon as well as Shopify, but we just recently released a white paper on 10 things every Amazon seller should know. And I'm curious what are a few of your top ways to increase Amazon sales for a client or if on your own on your own stores? Yeah, I mean, there's there's some basic ones, and obviously, a lot of it just starts with your baseline of of conversion rate. What is your conversion rate? And over the last bit of time, Amazon some, made some changes on how they calculate conversion rates, but um, but with that, they've also introduced the ability to test, and so experiments for us are a great way, you know, to, to understand how we can drive more sales. And is it, is it changing the main image? Is it changing the title? Um, these types of things. And really that's a greatest tool to AB test and understand long-term, um, you know, which is the winner, but I think inside any business, it's never one thing. And as you mentioned, if there's 10 things, there's probably 10 more that other people are doing, but my favorite one is really actually diving into the brand analytics uh, specifically the market basket analysis report. And what we're trying to do with that report and drive conversion rates is focus on frequently bought together. And so using the data from brand analytics, you can see where there already is affinity and associations between you and some other products uh, or your product and other products you may sell. And so what we've done is figured out how to go after uh, other ASINs and other products and create a reciprocal uh, frequently bought together. So if someone's frequently bought together with you, you should go after frequently bought together with them. And then you can go after competitors of that other, other particular product listing and go after those as well to create more frequently bought together. And so the importance of that is, you know, it's right along traffic and, um, you know, you, it's one click to add to cart your item, which is, you know, massively improves conversion rate because uh, you're driving sales and you're technically not even really getting a session on the product. So it's pretty powerful if you do it right. And then obviously bottom line recommendation is, is really use every single tool Amazon gives you um, from, 
you know, inside the, the coupons and giveaways through Vine. It, the list goes on and on, right? But ultimately, at the end of the day, the best thing to move the needle is going to be your images and your content. And so one thing we've really specialized in is just really having the best images, having really the right keywords in the right order, um, but really focusing on images that are like the big guys do, you know, world-class 3D renders, lifestyles that don't look fake, uh, really legit photography, right? To, to really be there with the other brands. Here we are in, in the middle of the holiday shopping season when someone looks back in January and they're trying to review how they did during shopping season 2022, what are the important metrics they should look at so they can improve moving forward? Well, sell through, you know, did you have enough stock? Did you have too much stock at the end of the year? Um, and I think that's important as you build in forecast and, and those sellers that um, have very seasonal holiday products, absolutely a takeaway. But most of the brands we sell today are pretty evergreen and that they, you know, don't really have a ton of impact. So it's not one of those things where we're like a massive blitz to bring on inventory. And we've experienced that before, but after that, it's really the question of return rates. Right. And so how on the front end, you can increase conversion rate. One thing that we did was uh, really increased our return policy. Right. And so really uh, encouraging people to try it and buy it and then keep it. And if, it, if they don't like it at all for any reason, bringing it back. So that clearly has a positive on the front end. The question is unknown on the back end. If, you know, return rates go through the roof, it's, it's a little uh, too late in, in a dollar short, a day late in a dollar short, as they say. But I think that's the biggest one, Andy, is just really understanding your return rates. And then obviously when you break it down, it's, it's, it's about the ad spend. And I've seen folks that really spend all their money driving ads. We're going to drive sales. And then you look at the bottom line and nothing actually flows to the bottom line. And so that can be really scary. So it's, it's really, really about, am I in a position to continue to grow profitably as opposed to, you know, just buying my sales. Mm -hmm. Now let's, let's jump back a little bit because a dream of, of a lot of e-commerce store owners is, is to sell their business. And so a question that a lot of them have is how do you make your company more valuable if you're looking to exit? Yeah, I like to start with the, the concept of working backwards, right? Or reverse engineer the end result. And, you know, for those that understand that it's really about what is, what is the ultimate goal and um, working backwards, it was, okay, well, we want to build a business um, that, you know, is valuable and can be sold. So when we started selling on Amazon, it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, Hey, let's just do this thing. And hopefully it makes some money. Hopefully we can leave our job and hopefully we can sell it. It was, no, we're going to build something that has value that we can sell. Uh, and so going into any business and we've started, yeah, I've started a couple and, and sold a few and bought a couple. And, um, so I've kind of, looked at all the different angles, but selling is certainly the most fun. Uh, you're in the driver's seat, you know, and, and really the best time to sell is when you don't have to sell. So for us, it was like, okay, um, this is something I've never done. This is the first transaction I've ever done on the sell side. I've been involved in two buy transactions 
And, and so it was, it was actually funny because we were listing a business through a broker, that hockey business I mentioned. Um, and through that process of listing with a broker and paying a 10% commission on that two and a half million, you can see that there's a lot of money in the M&A space with brokers. So I was like, okay, let's, this is our first brand. This is the first deal selling. Let's use a broker. Let's get a lot of different interests and let's watch the broker negotiate and do his magic. Well, as we were going through that process, we had a few buyers that were interested in our other brand and it wasn't even for sale. Once they found out it was a, you know, a seven figure uh, profit business, um, we got a lot of interest. And, and so we said, well, maybe we should focus on selling this as well. So in this case, instead of hiring a broker for that business, I went out and found 30 different buyers, aggregators, if you will, found a list, contacted all of them, set up phone calls, ran a process. And, and eventually I sold that business, creating my own process myself by getting 23 interest, 23 conversations going from the 30 people I had reached out to. 13 were highly interested and we ended up getting six offers and chose wow. one. And, and that's the thing. We weren't even ready to sell. We weren't trying to sell, but it was the other business we were selling that turned us on to, hey, maybe it's the right time. So at the end of the day, uh, it came down to, man, this offer, this offer is more than we, you know, we expected. And it's definitely an offer we should not refuse. And we took it. Hey, what's up there? This is Andy. I wanted to take a quick break from the show and talk to you for just one minute. You probably know that I've been called the world's foremost expert in e-commerce growth strategies. But have you ever wondered how I gained all this knowledge? First, you probably guessed it. It's through all the years of interviews I've done with experts and uber successful throughout the e-commerce space right here on the Make Each Click Count podcast. And second, it's through all the courses that are available at Make Each Click Count University. From Facebook to Google Ads to Pinterest to SEO, if you are looking to grow your business by either adding a new marketing channel or by optimizing an existing marketing channel like an expert, go to www.makeeachclickcountuniversity.com forward slash classes. There you will find a course that will help you become an expert in whatever marketing channel you currently need help. Better yet, Choose more than one. Join Make Each Click Count University and join me and other marketing professionals live once a month at our monthly marketing members-only meeting. Again, you can view all courses at www.makeeachclickcountuniversity.com forward slash classes. Now, let's get back to the show. Yeah, no, that's that's a great story. Let, let me ask you on building it or selling business. I mean, are there any business books out there that you can attribute to your journey as an entrepreneur? Um, I'm not a super huge reader, unfortunately, but if I were to, if I were to sit down and tell you that uh, there are books that I've listened to, I can, I can tell you about an app I use. Um, have you ever heard of Blinkist? It's pretty amazing, but it's, I'm not much of a reader. So I put it on audio and it's not just the book to read. It's basically cliff notes on audio. <laughs> uh, but that's how I can get through a lot of content. Uh, but if I go back and were to look at the truly inspirational like books that kind of taught uh, me a lot about getting traction is traction, you know, the EOS business model entrepreneur operating system. Um, and if you think about what traction is, if you think about a tire that's spinning and spinning and spinning because it's in snow or it's in mud, it's not getting traction. Well, the EOS process, um, Gina Wickman wrote the book called Traction and then came up with this framework called EOS. And so between the book and actually putting the framework into practice, it's, it was a transformational building a business that got 
uh, traction and, and we're able to grow and sell. Um, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with, with that model, but you know, life-changing because it really ordered around our people, our scorecards, our data and information. Um, you know, and it, it really is about all six, seven, eight prongs of, of what makes a business solid. So that prepared us, but you know, the other one I would say, uh, is crucial conversations. And this is a book that really talks about critical key conversations that we all have, whether it's suppliers, employees, customers, that the kind that make your stomach hurt when you have to have them, um, those tough conversations really are about just being vulnerable and putting the facts out there. And, um, you know, those are, those are critical things as you're dealing with people that are interested in buying your brand specifically, like how to negotiate with these folks that are, you know, future or past wall street, wall street deal, deal makers. And so, uh, those types of things, you know, for me have come a long way. And of course the Bible, if you, if you look at the chat, the book of James, um, <laughs> the Bible for me is, you know, James talks about being quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry, the brother of Jesus. So, for me, I've had an anger problem for a long time in my life, and it's really about understanding how I can have uh, more fruit of the spirit of Jesus. So, you know, that that to me has been the number one game changer. Hmm. You know, I've, um, I forgot what episode this is, even 130, I think, 131. But that's, I asked this question in pretty much every um, episode. And I think that's the first time the Bible's been mentioned as a favorite business book. The number one bestseller of all time. It's the first time it's been mentioned as a good business book. That's it awesome. Is. It is. <laughs> so today, um, I mean, you transitioned and you, you run brandedsellers.com. Tell us about branded sellers. What services are you offering clients? How are you increasing their sales, et cetera? Yeah, brandedseller.com sort of came out of the experience of, of selling our businesses. And it was like... I had this idea when videos are really, really popular, uh, starting to come out on Amazon that, Hey, you could advertise with videos, by the way, another really simple conversion tactic is, um, just getting your video out there. We noticed that the click-through rates, the conversion rates, uh, and impressions, um, certainly people like video. And so we, we use video a lot and we were trying to figure out after we spent $1,500 on a video, um, how we're going to do that for a hundred products. And so I got creative and met some folks and, you know, the original plan was let's scale this thing up. Not only do we have to do our own videos, but I'm sure there's lots of people going through the same problem. So we created $99 videos. Well, let's be honest. Like these are, these are transactions. And at the time, while I was starting that we were actually pretty involved, uh, in our other two brands. And so it, it didn't, it didn't take off the way we hoped, Fast forward now, it's like, okay, we sold, we built and sold brands. That's what we're good at. We understand how to build an infrastructure, how to build a strategy that is uh, significantly larger than running a small mom and pop business. You know, my, my partner and I, we come from, uh, like I said, a $50 million e-commerce business. And so we know what enterprise looks like. We know what inventory management looks like and accounting best practices. So branded seller now is the done for you full service 3PL meets marketing agency growth accelerator. And so what that means is whether you're an individual one-man band or an aggregator or private equity group, those are our two buckets. So small, 1 million or less, 
individual owners, and then, you know, I would say 5 million plus enterprise business. And both of those are important because most folks want to grow. Um, they don't necessarily know how. They don't have the resources, the time, or the effort. And so we become sort of the bolt-on partner without selling us your business, without uh, taking an equity partner. We become a real partner. Our, our program is we help you build a brand that you can sell. And so for our services, it's pretty cool. That's that's what we get to do. Literally relive what we just did. And that's become our model now where we help brands get online or maximize their presence online to eventually build a valuable brand that's worth something and can be sold as an asset. Now, those are two different sets of services, I would imagine. The, the business owner, maybe even as a solopreneur under a million compared to a, a enterprise with over 5 million. What, what are the different services you're offering to each of those? You know, and that's the cool part about it. It's all a cart, right? So if you have a business owner that's just tired, that created something that wants to be with his family, that wants to travel or take a little time off, not manage employees, whatever that is, right? That individual is already potentially burnt out or has hit the ceiling, right? And so that particular individual might want us for 3PL, inventory planning, marketing, listing, creation, accounting, right? All things. And so we do literally all things. Like you, we can show you once a month a PL report and that, that'd be for the small guy. And then for the big guys, it's really about honing in on where they need the most help. And because we have a building and an infrastructure, we can do things that are very simple and very convenient. Um, the challenge with 3PLs, if you've ever used one, Andy, is you have a massive disconnect between the business teams or the marketing teams and the operations team. 3PL just do the work. The problem is if you have careful planning, careful strategy, the 3PL should be an asset, but it's not if it's just a transaction partner. So the larger larger private equity groups really appreciate the fact that we can store their inventory, pick, pack, ship for their small channels uh, pretty reasonably, but then bring a level of, of marketing growth services to it. And that could be very specific to listings or it could be very specific to ads. Um, but we really like those that trust us with building their brand and with the hope of exiting in mind, which is usually the smaller smaller guys. And how can an interested listener learn more about working with you guys? I think the first stop is brandedseller.com. We just went through a site redesign and it goes through, you know, sort of who we are, what we do, how we've done it, the success we've had. Um, pretty excited about it. It really gives you the rundown on, on how we create value for our clients. Take a look at brandedseller.com and happy to, happy to connect with anyone on LinkedIn as well. Josh Dietrich, you can find me on LinkedIn. Well, it's been great. Is there anything else you would like to add before we wrap it up today? Um, no, I, I look forward to you know anyone that wants to chat. Uh, our services are, are free consults to, to talk about you know what it is you're trying to do, where it is you're trying to go, and potentially how we can help. I love meeting sellers, so happy to connect with anyone out there that's uh, looking to build a business of value. Well, this is great. Thanks again for joining us today, Josh. Thanks, Andy. For listeners, remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave us an honest review. And if you're looking for more information on branded sellers or connecting with Josh, you will find the links in the show notes below. 
In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our podcast resource center available at podcast.makeeachplaycount.com. We have compiled all of our different past guests by show topic and included each of their contact information in case you would like more information, any of the services I've discussed during previous episodes. Well, that's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. And I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing. 